El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now I don't do anything at all ever. Joining me today, he is one of the internet's favorite dang people. He also used to be a coworker of mine at a website that shall remain nameless. And he's the host of a podcast called Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Schmidt. Also joining me, this bastard mocks me every time the podcast starts. I'll talk and he does that thing where he like moves his mouth like he's mimicking what I'm saying. And then I call him on it and he's all like, I'm not doing anything. And sometimes the guest sticks up for me, sometimes they don't. Whatever, it's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff May. It's going to be a great show. everybody welcome to unpopular opinion i'm your host adam todd brown jeff stop what you're doing stop recording no stop you want me to stop recording stop no jeff me. come back jeff come back right. no I guess if adam wants me to go I'll i go. i mean i do want you to go but also i want you to stop mocking me when i talk you you move your mouth when i'm moving my mouth it's not a thing i think you think that i'm mocking you just by generally existing well, and yeah, that's just, yeah. That's just like a cruelty that there's, you're exhibiting right now. There's definitely uh, and I don't that. appreciate it. But I do think our guests saw what you were doing. We're on a Zoom call, after all. Well, I mean, our guests is, Alex, the, first off, a delight who I love. Alex, hey. sh- that, the compliments aren't going to keep keep you from the truth being revealed. Alex Schmidt is here, and he saw what Jeff was doing, right? That's not a thing. Alex, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I feel like I'm... Choosing between two sides here. Yeah, yeah. I need you to choose between me and Jeff and choose me, obviously. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you, Alex. You're on my side, though. (laughs) Mm. I don't know. We'll we'll agree to disagree. We'll figure it out later. Alex, how's it going? Jeff, fuck you. Alex, how's it going? (laughs) It's going good. You're also you're each wearing a very distinctive hat. I feel like when I pick, I should put on the hat as if I'm signing with that team. You yeah, know? like like you're the unpops bachelor, and you just yeah. I decided to go with signing M4 day. May. Not Adams P. What's that P stand for? Uh, putts. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Welcome to the roast show. <laughs> it stands for Puma. This podcast is brought to you by Puma. Puma, when you want a pair of Pumas, Puma. I mean, even funnier if you were like, it stands for Poon. <laughs> Poon Town. I'm, I'm a classic Poon Hound. As you can tell from the opening of this podcast, we got a fun subject today. We're already cutting up with a bunch a, of yuck em ups and fun fun. Roasting of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about a type of roast today. We're talking about nuclear weapons. Yay! Anyone ever fired yeah. a nuclear weapon before? I've fired tactical nukes. Mm, sure, but, sure. Right. Uh, but not like a, a global, not like, like, not, not like what you'd think of like an H-bomb or something like that. Yeah, but surely you're not anti-nuke. We need them to hunt, if nothing else. Like a full-scale right. nuke, we need it. 
Well, the I wild mean, boar. Is that what the Second Amendment is all about? Yeah, I mean, the boar population is going to have to get nuked in this country at some point, if nothing else. Right? Yeah, what am I going to do <laughs> if two to three hundred feral hogs are coming after my child? You nuke them. I fucking nuke them. Yeah, yeah. Fucking nuke them pigs. You duke nuke them, bro. <laughs> get some. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about nukes because it seems like Russia is threatening to use some in the current Ukraine conflict. I like that they came yeah. out of the. I mean, I don't like that they came out of the gate, but they really came <laughs> out of the gate like, look, we'll fucking, we'll do it. We will do it. As somebody who revels in vintage nostalgia, oh, I got to yeah. be honest here. It's not the worst thing to have the Russians be in the bad guys again, like on a global scale. I mean, they've always <laughs> been pretty shady, but like we're going back to like Cold War era movie Russians. And I got to right. be honest, I don't. I don't hate it, you know? I'm looking at my He-Man toys now, being like, are we going to war with Russia? And I did the same thing in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically the plot of GoldenEye going on. Like, it's the Soviets are suddenly back, and great. I, I understand this from seeing GoldenEye probably a hundred times. Wow, you went through GoldenEye a hundred times? <laughs> That's a lot of times to see GoldenEye, I'm not going to lie. It's a whole it's lot. It's very good. Mm, it, it, it gave us Famke Johnson in a good way. Mm. It did. That created something for me when I was like, she's having a lot of fun killing those men. And now I am sexually incorrect for the rest of my life. <laughs> because you can only come when someone's getting killed? When I'm getting killed. Oh, that makes sense. Specifically by Zenya Anatop. That, <laughs> yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Right out of the gate, there was that quote attributed to Putin where he said that if anyone tries to intervene in what he's doing, they would face retaliation the likes of which has never been seen in history. So he didn't specifically say, mm. I will nuke you, but that's what he was saying. He's got real 5-6 energy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we've all seen this guy at the bar, and we all look at that guy and we're like, I hope he's never in charge of a nuclear power. And this one made it. <laughs> yeah. At least the Russians don't have very many nukes, right? Like, how, how many could they have? One, two? Yeah, Russia. <laughs> Russia, I think, has the second most. I don't know who has the first. Just joking. That's us, obviously. <laughs> or I think Russia might have more. Like, we're, we're always one and two. We're the Beatles and the yeah. Stones when it comes to nuclear weapons. So, yeah, he wasn't specifically saying nukes, but it probably meant that. Most people assumed he meant that. The next thing he did was put his nuclear forces on high alert. And this was a quote when he mm. did that. Western countries aren't only taking unfriendly actions against our country in the economic sphere, but top officials from leading NATO members made aggressive statements regarding our country. So he put his nuclear forces on high alert. And I was curious what that meant. And it turns out no one is quite sure because the U.S. Yeah. and Russia always have nuclear forces on alert, but just in like land and submarine based ways. Our bombers and things aren't usually on high alert. So if that's what he means, that's bad. Yeah, the nuclear job. I like, what's the low alert version? Like, we all wear Hawaiian shirts that day. I, it, it just seems like yeah, it's an alert job. Nuclear, you know, yeah. we're in casual <laughs> DEFCON right now. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like we're at DEFCON plaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and meanwhile, we won't even say what our nuclear alert level is in this country. So it's probably something like it's above you right now, and we'll just drop it if we need to. I'll tell you what it is. It's old Sleepy Joe falling asleep at the button. <laughs> you want to get a real man in that Oval Office? You want to take care of Putin? It's like, do you not remember what Trump and Putin were doing back in the day? Oh, man. We're going to nuke you, Jack. 
So yeah, it's definitely scary. But I also, I think most people assume using nuclear weapons is like a, a real last resort kind of thing that no one would do because it would just like lead to the end of the world. A little mad going on here for those of you that are aware of mutually assured destruction. All right. That's the reason we... We never got into it back during the Cold War. And we should have. We should have. (laughs) Reagan's right. We would have survived. I'm going to be honest here. My new Unpops personality, Warhawk. Right. (laughs) I'm going to be a full-on Warhawk. There is definitely money to be made in that field right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I just have to, like, really appeal to, like, the worst people on Twitter. That's the strangest thing about the formatting of the messages I receive about this. Like, I'll be reading a set of texts that says, like, why haven't we done a no-fly zone that would cause a war? And then I remember it's a tweet from, like, a person. Like, why why are you posting this at all? Why does this exist? Why do I read this? <laughs> yeah, we live in the dumbest timeline. Yeah. yeah. The- like, it's, it's above and below tweets about whether the Yankees will sign Carlos Correa. You know, <laughs> like, why, why is this here? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, Twitter... If you cultivate Twitter, it is the weirdest, most lawless wasteland where it's just like, I like the Batman. Should we murder somebody? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's why every AI bot turns racist, because they always try to use Twitter and the Internet to train it. And it's like Twitter and the Internet are racist. Stop it. Like, why why is anything official happening on Twitter? I still AI into like a daycare. Right? What? Because <laughs> kids aren't born with hate, Adam. That's you true. You developed it. Well, <laughs> yeah. I developed mine, but I feel like some kids, some kids are just more talented than others, and they just come yeah. out hating right away. But uh, Some kids go, yeah, they go pro at an mm-hmm. early age. Yeah, yeah. Some people have to build it up. <laughs> hey, speaking of build up, let's talk about nuclear oh, weapons. I love Thank it. you. Yeah, yeah. the Segway brought to you by Segway. Segway, when you need a Segway, Segway. <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, OnlineStopWatch.com really dropped the ball. They really did. They could have had Unpops right in their pocket, pushing their yeah. entire political agenda all over the internet, but they yeah. didn't. They're and like Skype in 2020. Yep. Just sitting there <laughs> like, how did you lose this? Yeah. Skype had <laughs> such a jump on Zoom. Just... Nobody has fumbled the bag more than Skype. Yeah, they, they botched that shit. Yeah. So <laughs> when it comes to nuclear weapons and the idea that it's a last resort kind of thing that no one would do... It turns out that is almost the exact opposite of the truth. I did not know anything about this, and it is kind of horrifying. It turns out that during the Baltic Wars in the 90s, and especially in Yugoslavia in 1999, the U.S. and NATO just dominated Russia and its allies in that conflict. And and we did it, right? (laughs) Fucking USA! And flexing on, and when we say that, by the way, we're talking about the end scene in Rocky Four. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we used just conventional weapons. We didn't nuke anybody. We didn't use chemical weapons, probably. And Russia saw all this and was like, "Oh shit, we are never going to be able to keep up with the U.S. when it comes to conventional weapons." And not just that, but they had the war in Chechnya brewing over kind of the same issues that set off the Bosnia Wars. So they were like, well, now the U.S. is going to come in our borders and fight and intervene in this war in Chechnya using their conventional weapons that we can't match. And we're fucked. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give them the old Milosevic. Right. (laughs) Hell yeah. Remember him? Remember Slobodan Milosevic? Slobodan Milosevic. Classic. Slobo. Classic Slobo. Noted war criminal. (laughs) So in response to all this in 2000, 
Russia issued a new military doctrine with the main change being the concept of de-escalation. And basically, it states that if Russia is facing a conventional attack that is beyond their capability to defend, they might respond with a limited nuclear strike just to get everyone back on even footing. Also called the I don't know karate, but I do know crazy doctrine. But only I call it. (laughs) that that's fair that's like when my dad was in high school and somebody said that they had a black belt in karate and then this other guy said i have a black belt in baseball bats and then hit the guy with a baseball bat and i think about it all the time that is a fantastic turn of events i mean that should happen to like steven seagal in every movie like i gotta tell you tom ryman wrote one of my favorite articles about steven seagal and i think about mm. it all the time i'm just about how embarrassingly hilarious he is at being a fake everything <laughs> and he's in russia now right i think so yeah which makes sense that's where he belongs he is on deadly ground <laughs> right while ukraine <laughs> is under siege <laughs> i don't get it what do you mean? marked for death oh at least we know he's out for mm. justice right but he's currently in under siege to dark territory like that one doesn't fit <laughs> But it, I almost. Guess it all depends on whether or not, you know, Putin decides to make an executive decision. Right. Anymore? Steven Seagal lawman. <laughs> so Putin is the one who initiated the efforts that brought this change about. And he did that when he was the secretary of Russia's Security Council, which is like our National Security Council. By the time mm. it was officially adopted, he was president of Russia. That's a solid assist. It really is. <laughs> That's like passing to yourself on the backboard and then doing a gorilla dunk. If you look into how Putin <laughs> took power, it is scary and fascinating because he was mm. no one and he basically promised Until he put on the mask. <laughs> <laughs> he basically promised Boris Yeltsin that he wouldn't go to jail after his term was over and that's among other things how Putin uh. became president. It should be noted here, we're not talking about a full-on nuclear war. It is 2022, you Neanderthals. We have nuclear weapons of all strengths and sizes now. The U.S. has a version called Dial-A-Yield, where literally there's just like a setting. (laughs) How strong do you want this weapon to be? It can be anywhere from 0.3 to 340 kilotons. Oh, the bomb! somebody set this bomb to evil. (laughs) Yeah, the... (laughs) The bomb we dropped on Hiroshima was 15 kilotons. Let's do 340. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. Will that set the sky on fire? You're like, we can go to zero to 10. And then they're like, this one goes to 11. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't blow up. I also, I feel like the U.S. is putting that in kilotons because they know the public doesn't understand metric. So it, it we it just like we'll gloss over it as people worried about it. Yeah, like ah, if you put it in pounds, I'll freak. But yeah. I don't know kilotons. Fifteen, you say? That doesn't sound like a lot. USA. Yeah. <laughs> Fifteen ain't ain't that bad. That's how we won the war. <laughs> it with kilotons. It turns out there's three different kinds of nuclear weapons. There's the traditional kind, your grandfather's nuclear weapons that you can launch from one country or put on a plane and drop it, and it's really going to do some damage. But then there's also tactical and strategic nuclear weapons. Strategic Mm. are the longer range and more powerful of the two. Tactical is like if you want to take out a military unit in one part of a country, maybe you drop a tactical nuke instead, which seems cruel. It seems a little unnecessary still. 
even if it's the 0.3 kind, but I don't know. What's that give you, like a sunburn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a Raiders of the Lost little... Ark. You just you melt. It's a, little, a nasty little little rub burn that you get on there. Yeah. You, they're just you become... like, shit, these guys are jerks. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> this sucks so bad. Somebody get me some, like, aloe or something. Yeah, you become so tan, your friend Newman starts imagining you as a turkey, and then he <laughs> wants to eat you. It's very difficult at that point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, it's actually Numanov. <laughs> and hey, don't worry. A lot of this doctrine depends on the idea that the conflict where this would happen would be one where the stakes are way higher for Russia than for the U.S. or NATO. So like mm. this one, maybe. <laughs> because oh, no. with this... Russia just wants Ukraine to never join NATO and to agree that Crimea and those two breakaway republics are controlled by Russia. So if we don't get our way, it just means Ukraine is never a part of NATO and they already aren't a part of NATO. Granted, it would make NATO pretty useless on the world stage and would enter us into a new Cold War, but things wouldn't change that much for us. But for Russia, they have another NATO country on their border now which would be a bad thing for them. So in theory, the stakes are a little higher for Russia. And that's the hope here, that we would maybe view a conventional conflict as worth the effort, but not so much a nuclear conflict. And I don't know. I don't know. It all depends on how we would react to getting hit with a nuclear weapon, which I'm sure would be fine. Yeah, we'd be fine. You know? <laughs> Sometimes you take one on the chin. Like, when have we ever overreacted to anything military-related, you know? We should just send Florida over there, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Maybe we should just offer them Florida in exchange for, how about instead of Ukraine, take Florida? Yeah, take dipshit bay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, even if we're talking about a limited nuclear strike, I was kind of joking, but also, that's Russia's opinion on it. Their opinion is, well, if we just drop like one nuke on one NATO ally, they're just going to be like, all right, we get it. But they're really relying on the U.S. and NATO to take a lot of nuance into account there and be like, well, it wasn't a full (laughs) nuclear strike. We'll just we'll we'll call them. We'll call them and see what's going on. No, we're probably going to fire nukes back. Obviously, I would. I'll fire mine back. I I have mine. (laughs) I, I have mine already targeted. I'm going to be 100% honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, like, they're I mean, allocated, you know? I'm not going to fuck around. Yeah. How about you, Alex? When you, when you were describing the first type as your grandfather's nuclear weapon, I have inherited my grandfather's nukes, actually. It's really nice, you know? Like, in the will, he said, mm-hmm. you know, this furniture to this aunt and the nukes to Alex. Yeah. And, you know, it was cool. Yeah. That's really nice. Time. Yeah, yeah. You know, because, like, money is money. It comes to nukes, that's family. Yeah. I miss the days. I miss the days when every (laughs) house had a grandfather nuke in the living room. It was nice. (laughs) Chime every hour, so you knew what time it was. It was amazing. Yeah, the doomsday clock. Yeah. Remember in the TV show Webster when he would sneak out behind the nuke to get his little secret passageway? I remember that classic. Remember Orphan TV? (laughs) It was great. Everyone had an orphan. Golden age of orphan shows. (laughs) Loved it. And of course, if you issue a doctrine like this, it doesn't matter if no one thinks you're going to use it, which brings us to a correction from last week's episode. Last week on the pod, I said that in recent history, like within the last five or 10 years, Russia had run a war game simulation that ended with them dropping a nuke on Ukraine. And I know Mm. that sounded very alarming. And I apologize. What I meant to say 
the mm-hmm. the actual facts of the matter. Russia has dropped a nuclear weapon in every war game simulation they've run between like 2000 and 2014. Turns out the only way to win is not to play <laughs> war games 1984. <laughs> And even the fact that they ran a couple in like around 2014 that didn't involve nukes, it mostly just means they were confident enough in their conventional weapons now to see if they'd built them up enough to be able to fight the United States and NATO off in the region without resorting to nukes. But now things seem like they aren't going great in Ukraine. Like it seems like by all accounts, they're not getting the air superiority they thought they'd have, the ground game isn't hitting the way they thought it would. Man, their grounded pound is shit. (laughs) (laughs) The pick and roll isn't working. Right. Like they were supposed to be the Stockton and Malone of this war, and it's not panning out that way. Holes in their (laughs) offensive line, folks. There's lots of holes in that offensive line. I like the idea that their big free agent signing is a nuclear weapon. Like just putting a little hat on it. Like we We brought it in. Excited to announce we got tactical nukes. Yeah. Oh, but turns out it was Zion Williamson and not John Morant. Oh, too bad. Yikes. (laughs) Tough break. So, yeah, with things not going great, it could just be that they were wrong about their conventional weaponry being built up sufficiently, in which case we'll just be back to the de-escalation doctrine, which they haven't moved away from. They just have run a few war game simulations in recent years that didn't involve nukes, but also dozens that did. So that's fun. Yeah. I mean... Russia seems like the kind of place that they're like, we've got room to be nuked if it comes down to it. <laughs> yeah. It's like when Napoleon invaded and they just burned down Moscow. They're like, we yeah. got other cities. We got other yeah. land. Whatever. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. You can get another Moscow. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, Moscow is in of itself another Moscow. <laughs> it's worth noting that all of this that we're talking about in this section comes from an article written by the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, who are the makers, creators, and keepers of the doomsday clock. Of the devil. <laughs> so they would know. So <laughs> they would have some thoughts on this. I got to be honest. Yeah. Atomic scientists look nothing like you think. Because you're thinking green, irradiated, yeah. like the Hulk. You're thinking of Bruce Banner. Right. He's right. an atomic scientist. And then it's just nerds. Yeah. They're just <laughs> just regular-ass scientists. And that's that who we got to send yeah. in, by the way, to fix this Russia problem is the Hulk. <laughs> I can see that. We just shoot Mark Ruffalo over there. <laughs> Guys, I told you I'm just an actor. <laughs> Prove it. in there, Ruffalo. You said you're always angry. Yeah. Get to it. <laughs> Yeah, I like that real atomic scientists are not about that life. You know, no. they're just fanboys. They're not they're not already irradiated. Yeah, if they were about a, that life. Learn to throw a nuclear punch, you fucking geek scientists. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what would happen if there was a more limited nuclear attack, because one of the big concerns when it comes to limited nuclear strikes is that we, meaning learned men of science Humans. like myself, are still kind of divided on exactly what kind of impact a limited nuclear strike would have on the rest of the world outside where the strike happens. I've always kind of had it in my head that if one nuclear weapon goes off, it's going to fucking detonate the atmosphere and blot out the sun and we're all going to die. But also that didn't happen in Japan. Like we, there was no nuclear winter as a result of bombing Japan. So, hey, maybe there is room to drop nukes 
in the world. That's that's cool, <laughs> what right? What are we waiting for? Yeah. <laughs> Let's try it out. Yeah. It sounds too good. You yeah. know? <laughs> you built the pool and you're not even going to dip your toes in? Come on. Come on. But also Come in on. The, in that conflict, we kind of blew our whole load in terms of nuclear weapons as a world, as a, gl- a global supply of nukes were mm-hmm. mostly vacated in that one attack. So there wasn't the potential for a back and forth strike that puts more nuclear energy into the air. This time around, there obviously is. And like the ideal, (laughs) the ideal scenario here is like Russia (laughs) would just like detonate a weapon over a major city and like knock out their power grid, but not really kill so many people. And then we, the United States and NATO would be like, okay, we get it. We will ease up a little. Let's just all talk about this. But what's way more likely is that their strike would lead to a retaliatory strike from us. And from there, who Mm. knows? The good news is science kind of disagrees on the nuclear winter theory as to whether that would actually happen. Because if that happens, we're all fucked. We're all going to starve. Like the nuclear winter just means so much soot and debris gets put up into the atmosphere that it literally blocks out the sun for months, maybe even years. Crops die. People starve. I eat soot and debris. So I'm going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, people who can survive on that diet are going to thrive, but everyone else is fucked. The thing about the nuclear mm. winter theory, it was pushed by Carl Sagan and a bunch of other people back then. Yeah, what does he know? Come yeah, on. That fucking guy. <laughs> Get your pale blue dot out of here, Carl Sagan. <laughs> it's also claimed to be what drove Gorbachev to kind of scale back Russia's nuclear arsenal at one point was the idea of a nuclear winter. But there have been studies since then that suggest it might not be as bad as Sagan and others theorized. But in either way, those early cases involved like a full-scale nuclear war. That's where the idea of a nuclear winter comes from. There was also a study, though, that looked at a smaller conflict. And keep in mind, when they say smaller, this study involved a nuclear exchange between Pakistan and India where they drop a hundred bombs the size of Hiroshima bombs on each other. To be fair, India, not a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they got room. A lot of empty yeah. space in India. Plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Yeesh. I love that there's at least one person listening to this going, no, nah, no, 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 it's the most populated <laughs> no. democracy in the world. Way to be a, a right. white colonizer. <laughs> Dialing up a link to Wikipedia for us because we don't understand. Excuse me, fellas. Yeah. They have turned the podcast (laughs) off, ripped their car stereo out of the dashboard, and thrown it out the window. Their 80s car stereo out. Yeah, they just took the faceplate off and tossed it out the window. They're listening to this on a (laughs) mixtape. This listener is McGruber, just carrying it around. Yeah. (laughs) So the key to a nuclear winner seems to be soot. If. A full-scale nuclear exchange between U.S. and Russia would put like 150 million tons of soot in the sky. But that limited... Sounds like a lot. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. And that limited India versus Pakistan war, that would only be like 5 million tons. So, you know, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not that bad. In those two scenarios, in the, the full-scale attack, global temperatures drop by 10 degrees Celsius. In that smaller scenario, it only drops by 1 degree Celsius. Even that one degree drop would be a very bad thing. And people would die. Even in that limited scenario, it wouldn't be as bad as a full nuclear strike. But like 
people are going to starve. Just maybe not for as long. And it also just seems really psychologically catastrophic for how humans work with the whole partial or full blotting out of the sun. Like, we're all pretty messed up from staying inside more for some months, you know? Like, if the sun stops being such a thing, I don't know. We're not, we're not all, like, built for that, necessarily. No. <laughs> no. It's yeah. like nine people in Scandinavia are going to be fine. Yeah. Especially right. the part where we just start running out of food because we can't grow anything because there's right. no sun. That's We got to figure out new shit to eat. You guys should try soot and debris. Well, we need I keep those... hearing about this diet from my friend Jeff May. It sounds amazing. We need those bug blocks like in Snowpiercer that oh yeah <laughs> that would fix Let everything. Let me tell you, that fucked me up. <laughs> Did it? Eating can it? Can you believe it? Knowing what you know about me and cockroaches? Oh yeah, uh, I can see it. <laughs> I just, I know people bring it up all the time, but it's just very silly that he was so sketched out by learning he'd been eating bugs after he admitted to eating a baby earlier in the movie. Who among us? Like that is, right. a, that is a bridge too far, eating bugs, but you will throw down on a baby because they taste the best. Which that I believe they yeah, got less impurities. Zero, and things. It's well marbled. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be. Oh, <laughs> that's a baby. That's a tasty baby. It's <laughs> a good old baby. So anyway, the simulation. What if, what if we found out that he loves eating anything that's a baby? He's concerned. Like some of the bugs were adults. Those so are gross. adult bugs. Yeah, oh, yeah disgusting. Yeah. There's a big chunk Just... of an adult one in there. I don't like that. <laughs> I only eat veal and human yeah. babies and baby insects. I believe I, yeah, I, I, believe I ordered the roach veal. <laughs> we don't call them babies. We call them human veal, actually, which <laughs> sounds worse, I know, but it's fine. So what would happen if there was a large-scale nuclear attack? People are still looking into that. Don't worry. We're going to link to a video that everyone can watch. It is a simulation of what would happen if the U.S. and Russia were both just like, fuck it. Let's destroy the world. And it's horrifying. It was a simulation carried out by Princeton University. They called it Plan A, which yeah, is what do they know? Weird you nerds. Yeah, you're citing Princeton. Carl Sagan and Princeton. Oh, these oh, okay. are your sources. I know. Okay, yeah, junk information. We're gonna listen in New Jersey all of a sudden. Okay. Okay. Right. The Bruce Springsteen College of Nuclear <laughs> yeah. Violence Studies. Yeah, we're gonna uh, drop the bottom bomb. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, it would wipe out the Gabagool crops. None. <laughs> they would be gone. They're Gabagon. <laughs> so within a few hours of a full-scale nuclear attack, 90 million people would be dead or severely injured. It, it starts with Russia dropping one nuke on a military base operated by U.S. NATO forces. So, you know, a limited strike like Russia thinks would de-escalate sure. things we respond that would clearly totally de-escalate by the way <laughs> yeah we're, we're generally pretty chill about being attacked i think we'd be fine <laughs> but according to these dipshits at princeton the u.s and nato <laughs> respond with a limited strike of our own and then mm. that just sets off a domino effect where we each try to start out nuking each other first russia drops 300 nukes to take out nato bases all over europe NATO responds with 180 nukes of their own, 2.6 million people dead within the first three hours. The yeah. next phase is called the counterforce plan, which would involve most of Europe's military forces being destroyed, which would force the U.S. to fire another 600 or so missiles at Russia. That's another 3.4 million dead within 45 minutes. And then the countervalue plan happens next. That's the scariest part. That's the part where both countries drop five to ten warheads on each other's 30 most populated cities and economic centers 
85.3 million dead within 45 minutes. This is the only thing okay. that Joe Rogan did right <laughs> is leaving Los Angeles. I mean, he's in Austin. They're the 30 biggest in, economic they, centers. Austin's going to get oh, fucking yeah. wrecked, too. All right. So where do, where do we move? Nowhere. Boise? Man. Oh, I mean, in this in this scenario, I don't know. You got to be in like South America or something. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know. Because that's weird because people are going from there to here. I know. But well, I mean, they'll have us when it's the other way around. Everyone's going to accept U.S. refugees when the time comes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've been so cool. Soft, pink Americans trying to ask for your room. I know we put your kids in cages, but what do you say you let us in? Yeah, we'll we'll take it. We'll live in. We'll live there. (laughs) We'll please. Remember how we came here in the 15 and 1600s? Remember, that was fine. Or in the 2000s. Can we can we can we come back? Yeah. What's crazy to me about that number is how many people it leaves to still die. Because 85.3 million, like total around 90 million in all of those attacks, that all just takes into account people living in those two countries and what the impact would be on them. It doesn't take the long-term environmental impact into account or the impact on surrounding countries when this happens. So in this scenario... 90 million people die in a few hours, but we almost all probably die because we're just going to starve to death. That's why I've, I want to be in the U.S. if this happens. Like, I want to be in L.A. I don't want to die in the starvation period after. Fuck that. I'm going to catch the bomb. Throw it back. Yeah. Yeah, fucking <laughs> Willie Mays it over my shoulder, toss it into the ocean like a goddamn hero. That's all we need. <laughs> That's all we need. <laughs> Adam taking it and throwing it back yeah. like he caught a visitor's home run at fucking Wrigley Field. Just toss it right back. I don't know why no one else has thought of it, honestly. <laughs> Just ordering a big glove. Like, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> yeah, it's called a strategy, okay? <laughs> this is a military operation. <laughs> Just throwing it back. That's what we got to get Aaron Rodgers for. Throw a tight spiral. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah. I mean... That's why we... I, I would prefer someone a little more clutch than yeah. Aaron Rodgers. to earn that new paycheck there, Aaron. Yeah. I think I want Tom Brady throwing that pass, yeah. not Aaron Rodgers. Someone who makes it past the divisional round of the playoffs. How do you become the worst <laughs> of the A-Rods? <laughs> he really is. Yeah. Especially the part where he doesn't yeah. win shit. Fucking yeah. choke artist. Anyway. Wow. Andy Roddick is better than both those guys. I love it. I'm just realizing. <laughs> oh, he yeah. seems pretty all right. <laughs> Who's mad at Andy Roddick? What's Andy Roddick ever done to anybody? Look a little like Sean William Scott? That's just awesome. Sure is. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the scenario we're facing if we go forward with that no fly zone that people seem to be pushing for. And mm. I don't know who these people are that are pushing for it. I mean, Zelensky in Ukraine is obviously calling for it, but that's World War Three, and it's World War Three between. The two world powers with the most nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. I don't think that's what we want. I know it might suck if we have to just agree that NATO never takes in Ukraine and then we sort of have to reset world relations and come up with a new way to defend Europe. But it's better than this, right? I think. It does seem like Russia's strategy is predicated on Russia caring less about the continuation of life on Earth. They're like, we can score some land because we're worse than every other country, leadership-wise. 
<laughs> we're bigger monsters and psychopaths than every other country we're dealing That's with. Why we got to get more millennials and zennials in there? Because they'll just be like, fucking kill us. We don't care. Yeah. 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 It's complicated. I don't. We talked about it last week. Like this is this isn't as straightforward of a conflict as people are making it out to be. And Russia's bad. Putin's bad. And there are there are some bad elements in Ukraine as well. And there isn't really a good side to side with. I can't stress enough. <laughs> the Nazis in Ukraine thing is not Russian propaganda. They well, we, absorbed we, a neo-Nazi battalion into their National Guard. That is going to come back and bite us. We are arming that neo-Nazi battalion if they put down the Russian threat. At the end of it, they're going to go, OK, now we get to be part of the government, right? OK, Adam, real quick, though, and I need to I need you to address this because I feel like you don't know anything about history. <laughs> when when was sure. the last time the United States did something something like that? Never. And it's <laughs> never, never yeah. going to ever come back to bite us. So this is what we like to call dog whistling. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You saying no. that we are arming somebody that could be a potential enemy in the future and perhaps uh, somebody that would be racially basing their violence? <laughs> you got me. You are an ass, Adam. You, you got me. I was going to use <laughs> Afghanistan as an example. And then I remember things like we just won in Afghanistan, if I recall yeah, correctly. A, I remember it being in the it? news. Yeah. It was a cakewalk. Yeah. You know it was great. I think things are back in order in Afghanistan, as far as I can tell. We armed the Taliban to fight Russia. And the next two and decades carried on fine. Things carried on as as normal. It was great. I'm going to be honest, we were effective. Yes. We did a lot of good bringing the Taliban to task in Afghanistan. And now if you look at that place, the Taliban's still in power. It's like the yeah. Rooney rule of yeah. wars. It's, it's called picking a winner. <laughs> hey, speaking of winners, speaking of winners, let's talk about one last unfortunate aspect of all of this when it comes to Russia and NATO and nuclear weapons and war games, as it turns <laughs> at the end of all life on Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. The destruction <laughs> there might of the extra downsides. <laughs> yeah, humankind, the end of life as we know it, except for people rich enough to live under the Denver airport for a couple decades. One thing to take into account when it comes into a no fly zone again is that it would be a declaration of war against Russia, and we will probably lose that war. Ever since Russia mm -hmm. annexed Crimea, various military and defense type outlets have been running simulations to see how a full scale conflict between Russia and NATO would go. The one thing they all seem mm. to agree on is that it does not go well for NATO. There was a 2020 simulation carried out by the Polish army and their troops were tasked with defending this one particular region of Poland for 22 days. After three days, 75% of the Polish army was dead. After day four, Russia had Warsaw surrounded. On day five, the Polish armed forces ceased to exist. All major ports were blocked or destroyed, and Russia continued unimpeded toward the West. This was in a simulation conducted by Poland. So you could say that Warsaw is no longer packed. <laughs> what do you mean? That pact is P-A-C-T in the Warsaw Pact, Jeff. It's Warsaw not, Pact. It's not the same kind of, like, sardines? Is that what you're thinking? Warsaw Pact. Oh, I don't know, Welcome man. Welcome to the Warsaw Pact. <laughs> people would die. Many people would die. So many people would die. And that was just Poland versus Russia. Of course, that's going to go bad. Yeah. Surely mm -hmm. things 
get better when NATO gets involved, right? Well, you know what? But the problem was the new Polish Navy. I don't know if you heard about this, but they had glass <laughs> bottoms to see the old Polish Navy. <laughs> We're doing back, bringing back 80s Cold War jokes, right? Yeah, I think so. I, we might as well. We might as well start hearing those some. jokes and not understanding racism when I was a kid. Like, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't know what Poland yeah. was. But then I remember learning that Nicholas Copernicus was from Poland when I was like in like first grade or something. And I was like, wait, I have some questions about that. I've heard that they are stupid people. Like, I didn't understand that it was just yeah, people and- being racist in the 80s all the time. <laughs> like in Chicagoland, there were a few older people where that was the primary racial joke I heard them tell was jokes about Polish people. And I was yeah. like, oh, random. Yeah, like, yeah, I disagree, but also random. And that's because there are a lot of Polish people in Chicago. Yeah, there's a big Polish population. Chicago school kids get Count Pasimir Pulaski Day off from school. Yeah, it was weird. There was a lot of Polish racism in Illinois. No, the eight. No, yeah. that was just the eight guys. I got to be honest with you. It wasn't just Illinois. Like, I'm from an no, area where we know. had nine wow. Polish people total. And that was just those were the, the jokes of the decade weird was polish jokes and then dead baby jokes that was like a big thing well everyone loves a dead baby joke well i mean i don't even have time to go through all my dad's what else are you gonna eat i don't even have time to go through all my dad's dead baby jokes you kidding me (laughs) we got another hour to kill and several babies right you just sit on the snowpiercer with your pops talking about dead babies and looking out the window just Uh. being against polish people and snowpiercer (laughs) Oh, man, this took a turn. I like it. So, yeah, NATO. It's obviously going to go better when NATO shows up. It's just U.S. or just Russia versus Poland. But no, people have been running that exercise, U.S. and NATO versus Russia, since at least Mm -hmm. 2016, because Russia annexed Crimea in 2014. And that's when things got really, really tense again. And so here's the opening sentence from a 2016 foreign policy article. That we'll link to in the show notes. And it's about another simulation between Russia and NATO. Quote, if Russian tanks and troops rolled into the Baltics tomorrow, outgunned and outnumbered NATO forces would be overrun in under three days. (laughs) That is the conclusion of a study conducted jointly between the military and Rand Corporation, which is basically... The military with a morning commute and birthday cake in the break room when it's Kathy's special day and shit like that. But still, basically, <laughs> they still ruin the world. They just do it from their cubicles. And it's just exactly the movie office space, but military. Yeah. <laughs> There's a guy with a red stapler. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Excuse me. And here's another quote from that article about how things went. In numerous tabletop war games played over several months between 2014 to 2015. It's playing Warhammer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Russian forces were knocking on the doors of the Estonian capital of Tallinn or the Latvian capital of Riga within 36 to 60 hours. U.S. and Baltic troops and American air power proved unable to halt the advance of mechanized Russian units and suffered heavy casualties. Yeesh. And, Yikes. <laughs> and in this simulation, this all happens after Russia spends a few years increasing their defense spending after annexing Crimea. And that is a thing that happened. So we have hit that point. And meanwhile, this report argues that the U.S. and NATO in that time probably were not fortifying their defenses in a similar fashion. 
And as a result, they lack the necessary troops and tanks and armored vehicles to slow things down. That's all true. Like, that is kind of the point where we're at. We got all this military shit in Europe pointed at Russia, and we don't really have anything to protect it. So that's a problem. The bright side, this report did leave room to fix things. We just needed to spend $2.7 billion a year over the course of like five years, and that would give us enough extra defenses to put this down. It seems like we didn't do that, though, because there have been more simulations run by RAND since then, specifically in 2019. In those simulations also conducted by RAND, U.S. stealth fighters get taken out on the runway, U.S. warships are sunk, Bases are destroyed and our communication systems get shut down in the first few days. I like that this reads like the first 45 minutes of Independence Day. It sure does. <laughs> the aliens showing up. Yeah. Yeah. And just like taking out everything. And we're all just sitting there being like, we probably could have done something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it really does seem like we have like that's the problem people point to is we built up all these defenses in Europe and we just don't. Like, our planes dominate when they're in the sky, but they have to land, too. And when they have to land, they have to land somewhere in Europe. And Russia and their allies can just wait for our planes to land and then attack that way. And eventually we just lose them all. And we're fucked. So, yeah, now the cost to fix all this is $24 billion a year. And we probably should have started it about five years ago. And it seems like we still haven't. So, again, hashtag no, no fly zone, please. I gotta be honest. I gotta blame Bernie. <laughs> yeah he is a russian asset i've been i saw that on twitter are you sure it's not aoc mm. or both also a russian asset mm. everybody that isn't a centrist yeah. dem that doesn't want anything to change russian asset correct i think we can all agree on that alex sign off on that what jeff just said yeah i just find that whenever something is wrong there's probably a russian involved you know like when I when the, my apartment is too hot, it's usually Russians, and when it's too cold, it's usually Russians. Yeah, they're the new Polish people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear some jokes. Let's hear some oh, Russian I gotta, jokes. I got to run to the kitchen. I got to run to the kitchen. Everything, everything, everything. Did you see that Facebook is now allowing threats of violence against Russians? You can do that now because you know we're at war, so it's okay to say kill Russians. Man, oh. God, this terms is fun. of service are wild. They sure are. <laughs> the idea of running that like it's a special at a store or an online retailer is really strange to me. Like, <laughs> like the blue light special. Like, <laughs> it's the spring fling of threatening death to Russians, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. They did a weird thing with Azov Battalion, too, which is the neo-Nazi battalion in Ukraine. For the longest time before this, you could not even discuss them on Facebook. Like, that post would get taken down because they are so vehemently neo-Nazi. And now you mm. can talk about them, but only in the context of them fighting Russia. You can't be like, oh, hey, also, they love Hitler and I do, too. Nope. Then Facebook's going to take it down. But if you're like, these... Neo blanks are really doing a great job fighting Russia. Facebook will let you keep that up. So again, no way is that going to come bite us at some point. Thanks, Zuck. Yeah. You suck, Zuck. <laughs> <laughs> we should. No, never mind. I'm, I'm not going to say that because. Ne <laughs> neo blanks is making me think about like, has there ever been a good neo anything? There could be. I don't know about it. Maybe. But neo like soul the music oh. movement that brought us d'angelo and musicians of the like i would argue the neo soul yeah. movement was very good it was, it was also, sonic neo soul they're amazing yeah I would yeah say pretty much. Adam, you tipped me off yeah neo from the matrix oh, oh right sure, right sure. right he's, 
he's pretty great. Yeah. In in the fourth movie, is it Neo Neo? The new Neo? You know? <laughs> yeah. Post neon Neo. lights. Neon lights are great. You yeah, know, sure. You get hang up like a St. Pauli girl neon light in your man cave mm-hmm. while you're watching yeah. sport. Yep, that's oh, all fun. Oh, Neo Pets. Neo Pets. Delightful. Neo- really oh, good. There's a big omelet. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're all set here. Yeah. <laughs> Neo Nazis. <laughs> oh, I Neo-Nazis. forgot about Neo Nazis. Yeah. They're what great. about that, Alex? Yeah, <laughs> they fight against the Russians. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> this is bad. This is all bad. I don't feel great about. The only encouraging yeah. thing is that Russia seems to be willing to end all of this if Ukraine just agrees to never join NATO. But it seems like Ukraine's not going to agree to that. So we're just going to have to see how things go. Can we just do it for them? Like like yeah. us, the three of us? Enter them into NATO? Oh. No, no, just be like, ah, they won't do it. Yeah, we could like... Yeah, we'll just tell Vlad. Someone get Putin on the phone. Who's got his number? Yeah. Yeah. Someone looked yeah, at my Facebook page from Russia once, and it turns out the guy was like a Putin advisor. Okay, so real quick. I got connects. Everybody, find Putin on Twitter. And oh, ask boy. him if you can borrow his copy of The Iron Giant. There it is. Oh, epic. Epic. Yeah. And he might, have, vintage. he might actually have an Iron Giant that he will send. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can I your... borrow your DVD copy of The Iron Curtain? I mean, The Iron Giant? <laughs> There has been a lot of talk about Russia using, like, <laughs> robot drones to fight in this war. And I'm like, I knew it was coming. That's pretty Drobots. cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drobots. That's right. We got to send those. We got to send those dogs that we're they're absolutely going to send on anti-fascist protesters. Oh, those yeah. Robot oh, the dogs Boston that Dynamics. Boston Dynamics is making that we're, they're trying yeah. to endear us to. They look, look, they do a little dance. I'm like, yeah, they're going to do that after they kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Just watching some. <laughs> asshole robot teabag me after it ripped its skin <laughs> off of my body in the middle of a future war that's gonna be awesome shooting a three-pointer such a great time to be alive <laughs> for now yeah i'm always thrown by how boston dynamics makes me associate the death robots with boston it's just really weird to me I, that, that 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 that's how the future has turned out Why? that's what happens like, because we let people be smart there if you uh, yeah. just let us be townies that would have never happened that's like when Philadelphia murdered the hitchhiking robot. And I'm like, that's how you're supposed to do it. Yep. You have like two right. good colleges, maybe. And they're like, and so then when a robot shows up, we beat that thing to death. Yeah. Boston's just like, how about another school with geniuses from other places? I'm like, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. Now you got yeah. robot dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Just you got We need to embrace our homegrown idiots a little bit more. I agree. I agree. Not yeah. some Not some genius kid from hong kong that shows up here and is like you know what i could make laser guns <laughs> i don't see what could possibly go wrong we'll put them in the room with the robot dogs right <laughs> so do we have any final thoughts on terrified. the ukraine conflict i have one thing to say hey. and that is yeah. it's nice that we can share something that our parents felt back in the day because i think that right. when we grew up during the cold war I don't know if we had, I didn't have any drills or anything like there was no like nuclear. See that we didn't have that. The thing is, I'm slightly older than you both. And I did by 1984. I was eight. So oh yeah, like 83, 84, 85. That's when the Cold War was really a thing. I remember this one issue of Time magazine that just had a mushroom cloud on the front. And it was one of the most terrifying things like we were. In fear of Russia when I was yeah. a kid in school, we had a bomb shelter 
that by like the late 80s, we eventually converted into like a hangout room for the kids who did really good. And it just had video games and shit because the threat from Russia was over. That's fucking awesome. Oh, no, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Holy it, shit. For yeah. the longest time, it was a bomb shelter. And now they were like, there's a Pac-Man game in there. Dude, talk about swords <laughs> to plowshares, man. That is amazing. It was pretty fun. Right? Yeah. It's so just a room full of missile commands. That's the only game. <laughs> <laughs> that probably was in there. And one copy of Russian Attack. And we yeah. were all ungrateful asshole kids. So, like, by that point, the NES was out. So when they, they showed us this oh, room, yeah. we were like, fucking Pac-Man. You lame boomer fucks. And in retrospect, <laughs> it's like the coolest thing any school I've ever been to did That's for insane. anyone. Yeah. It's also funny because you're in Peoria. And they're just like, we're probably going right. to get hit by a bomb. Yeah. What is- <laughs> I mean, Peoria might. Like, School there's- bomb shelters are essentially just veal pens, right? What do you mean? <laughs> when the apocalypse hits, they're going to be like, let's get over to that bomb shelter and get something to eat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Snowpiercer. Little 80s Stop. kids running around. Stop the train at that station. Get off and yeah. nom. N-O-M. <laughs> Yeah, have a little. It's, it's basically like a. It's like a rest stop. That's the. That's the Wawa of post-apocalyptic America. <laughs> anyway, it's amazing die. iced tea. Yeah. This anyway, is, <laughs> it's nerve-wracking. This is incredibly nerve-wracking. Yeah, this is all very troubling. Yeah. I didn't know about the well, I, nukes as de-escalation thing. I don't like it. Because also, like anybody who has heard this, I feel like they have received the very important information that, like, the concept of a limited nuclear war is such a ridiculous massaging of an event that would kill everybody you know like don't fall yeah. for that stuff yeah it's 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 somebody trying to like slap a smiley face sticker on a giant missile like don't don't fall for it <laughs> which would help i mean if you saw that missile coming towards you and you looked up and there's a little smiley face you're yeah. gonna be like oh it's like painting a, a yeah. sexy lady on a plane right Cute. that's how we won the yeah. war like we <laughs> like is. we think regular human activity might ruin the climate. So like a nuclear war is going to ruin the climate. Don't don't be fooled by by somebody telling you it's fine. Come on. And I have to correct <laughs> Jeff. He said that's how we won the war by painting naked ladies on planes. Don't forget we also won by dropping a nuclear weapon. So Was there a naked lady on it? Probably. That wouldn't I think wasn't wasn't the Enola Gay named after a real lady? I think that was a thing. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like somebody's mom. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's mom. <laughs> no, my friend's mom was named Gay. It was the last person I ever met that was named Gay. Mm, I was yeah. like, what an interesting I... name because that's not, I don't associate, because at the time I was like, I don't know that that's a name. And then I was like, that. Also, he called his mom by her first name. That's weird. That's <laughs> Which, weird. Like, really He's like Bart me Simpson. Out. I'm yeah. like, are you guys like roommates? Because I was like in first grade and I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, you that's what you call him? I Googled fast. The Enola Gay was named after the pilot's mom. Yeah, like he picked it. <laughs> more like the lady. More like the pilot's mom. <laughs> ah, <laughs> hell yeah. Oh, we we bring it back to a roast every time. Oof, fucking told you this was gonna be a funny episode, everybody. I'm uh, not gonna lie. It is. Especially I, if it goes the way we thought. Like if we all get nuked objectively funny i mean it's got to be one of the preferred ways to go right like it's going to be so quick i hope i should buy a pinball machine yeah like do it before Before we all die die. yeah yeah alex get that dirt bike ramp you've always been angling for now's the time i do famously want one of those yeah that's true yeah you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna find an old atlas sphere from american gladiators and i'm just gonna run around in that thing now they bought one of those on an episode of american pickers once 
Did they really? Yeah, it was pretty fucking cool. I'd be like <laughs> running down Magnolia in the atmosphere orb, <laughs> just sweating. <laughs> oh, this fucking sucks. Smashing into a bunch of Priuses. <laughs> so I'm glad we could end this on in, in upbeat fashion. We're all laughing. We're all having fun. For now, we all might die soon. Aside from shutting all your windows when you get that inevitable text about the blast coming, I should link to that old article about things to do in the event of a nuclear war. Because if you can get inside and seal yourself off for a couple weeks, you do stand a decent chance of surviving if there's just like one blast in your area. Multiple, we're all fucked. Anyway. I'll take multiple. Yeah, multiple would be better. Yeah, that's the thing. Do you want to survive it? Do you want to survive it? I don't know. Yeah, they tell you to duct tape your children right yes outdoors as like a human shield kind of thing yep (laughs) there used to be a big public service campaign about keeping your yard clean and the reason for that is because in the event of a nuclear strike the fire afterwards is what destroys a lot of stuff and that fire spreads way easier if there's kindling everywhere so if your yard is a fucking trash heap your house is probably going to burn down when the nuclear weapon happens yeah that's going to devalue my property values yep yeah, that also that was that was amazing in what you sent to Adam. Like that one article from Nature talked about a lot of these studies of the effects of nuclear bombs are based on real wildfires in the western US and, and yeah. the soot and stuff that goes up. Like like some of the some of the measurements are based on like, oh, a real thing is happening that's kind of similar. Great. Yeah, we might <laughs> just have enough California wildfires eventually to simulate a nuclear winter. In which case we won't yeah, have to probably... worry about any of this. We'll just starve. Yeah, they probably see that, you know, they probably are just mm. like, oh, well, the, the, they already got like California's fine. They've already got hit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's kind of how it was when we you knew know. Japan. They were like, well, congrats on destroying two of our cities in a slightly different fashion than you destroyed all the others. Now back to surrendering. Right. We'll be fine. <laughs> what I'm getting at is we'll all be fine. We're going to be fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. We're going to be fine. It's cool. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here, though? <laughs> <laughs> You know, assuming the world carries on long enough, is there any projects you're working on or shows or anything like that? Hmm. Alex, how about you? Yeah, I planned a tour for the first through 30th biggest cities in the United States. Thinking about changing it. <laughs> thinking about reformatting. Uh, Time to hit maybe up the 31 through, 60. through 62. Yeah. <laughs> Alex takes the economic centers. 2022. <laughs> It's the tactical tour 2022. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should go on a strategic nuke tour. Just call it that. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get literally held at the TSA checkpoint at yeah. every airport you go to. <laughs> so much fun. Where do we move? Albuquerque? I feel like Albuquerque, <laughs> right? Albuquerque's going to get wrecked. The nuclear weapon Los Alamos is in Albuquerque. Oh, yeah. Because I was going to say, Albuquerque just seems like the kind of place where they'd look at it and they'd be like, nah, like they're going to do it to themselves. Well, I mean, so much of it is already irradiated. I don't know what difference it would make if you were to nuke New Mexico at this point. But still, yeah, I mean, they got room. The 31st, I'm trying to like in my head, I'm trying to I'm trying to establish what the 31st city would be in my head because I'm like, well, like Duluth. Yeah, what's a good like what's going to be? I feel like it's going to be like the third biggest city in a medium-sized state or something. Yeah, like it's gonna, I'll hear it. I'll be like, oh, Dayton makes sense. Oh, there's a huge military base there, though. They're going to take that. But the yeah. thing you have to take into account then, which I don't know if I put in the notes, is 
after all those economic centers get bombed, places in the Midwest where you would think like the breadbasket of the United mm. States and of the world in general, those are the places that are going to get hit by the nuclear winter stuff Fall the out. worst. Yeah. So you would think, well, I'll just go to the Midwest and survive. And you will for a while, but not, not the whole time. And you'll be in the Midwest the whole time. Huh. Life, uh, life uh, fi finds a way. <laughs> Let's go to Jurassic Park. They're not going to get bombed. No. There you go. That'll, no danger there. That'll fix it. Yeah. Lead dinosaurs. All right. We should wrap this up, though. <laughs> yeah. Do we do we for real have anything to plug before we get out of here? Yeah. Please check out Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Very proud of that podcast. It has many wonderful guests. There's going to be one toward the end of March with Adam Todd Brown and Jeff May. So no. Get the yeah. H out of here. I don't believe you. <laughs> You, you liar. Jeff, how about you? <laughs> is that it? Is that all you have, Alex? Is the one thing you do? I, yeah, the main thing. And I've been writing columns for 1-900-HOT-DOG. That's been very fun. It's a very fun comedy website by Robert Brockway and Sean Baby. I like that. Yeah. Well, you can, you can, see, you can, hear, you can see me. You can hear me. Hi. What is guys, happening right now? Jeff has cool friends is a podcast where I talk to my cool friends and it's available at patreon.com slash Jeff may or a week later with all the swears bleeped out for cowards and cheap people <laughs> wherever podcasts are found. You can also get my monthly Ugh, fine with Kim crawl on that Patreon and I got more coming. You can also check out Tom and Jeff watch Batman on the gamefully unemployed network as well as you don't even like sports a sports podcast about how Alex's dad doesn't even like sports which is weird. No, oh, it's a no. weird subject but it happened. Weird. Uh, sport. <laughs> don't, no, no fibbing. You can find me on the social media at Hey There Jeff Rowe. And if you're on the East Coast, you can check me out. I'm going to be back home doing some stand-up comedy experiences for everybody involved. And you can check that out. Follow me on socials. You can find that. Don't. Don't follow Jeff anywhere. No, follow do him. it. No, do. Do that. Follow him home and <laughs> kick his ass at the front door of his place. <laughs> You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Todd Brown, Todd with one D. I swear I'm going to start using it again soon. I'm going to have stuff to promote, like my uh, Substack, which is coming soon, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and friends. You can pay me to write, and then you can read the things I write. It'll be a very, very symbiotic relationship for all of us. Don't also, patreon.com slash unpops, unpopsnetwork.supercast.tick. You can get bonus episodes of all our shows there. And, you know, that's it. I think we should get out of here. Alex, say goodbye. Goodbye. Jeff, say goodbye. You get the nuclear Polish guy rookie card, everybody. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you. Jimmy and Tim. Bristol Street, I'm not, uh.